Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Alex. And if you're ready to unlock conversations where you can be wholeheartedly yourself, then come on in. Hey, lovely. Good to see you. Good morning. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm interested to see where this conversation will go because as I just said to you briefly before the call, this thought only entered my mind yesterday and hasn't been developed since then. So we are um, going to be exploring very much in real time, which we always do. But I feel like previous conversations that we've had, I've known a little bit more about how I feel, how I think about that particular topic, whereas this one feels very fresh. So it feels quite exciting. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I think that that in itself is um is something really important you know just exploring what it looks like to to not have a fully formed idea and to play off yeah. different sides of it to kind of feel the edges of it is um it's really useful in defining anything that we think about yeah absolutely yeah it's going to be fun okay so yesterday i was just sat and i had been you know i'm always listening to podcasts reading um reflecting it's quite a natural state for me to be in and this wasn't prompted by anything that I'd like read or or listened to but I feel like it was the culmination of like some states that had been experienced as I've been like listening and reading over the past couple of weeks and um and this line came into my head of your highest self is not a mental construct. Mm. And I was like, wow, like, where's that come from? Like, that sounds very profound. <laughs> um, I love that when you, when you hear a thought in your own head, that's like, oh, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, the joy is so part of like, part of having some, um disidentification from that uh, stream of words in your head is that you can you don't have to take um credit for them all right you can be like wow as if someone else said it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's really fun for me to to be like oh like I I didn't come up with that you know in that way so anyway that's a whole other topic but um <laughs> But I realized like, yes, that is very true for me today, that my higher self is not a mental construct. But there was a time in the last decade, six years, where it felt like my higher self was a construct. And it felt like not only did it feel like that for me when I inquired into it, because I was looking at it through this lens of like, objectivity like I was seeing it as an object there's me and then there's the object and not only was it that but it was also I feel like I was being guided by things that I was reading like things I was downloading things I was watching at the time that almost fed into that idea of conceptualizing your higher self being like mm. what does your higher self look like how does she walk how does she talk like those kind of questions um which were helpful at the time like I'm not there's nothing wrong with them 
and it wasn't a bad path to be going down but I feel like there's just been a a deepening or a widening of like what that means to me and now it feels really really untrue that I could conceptualize it in that kind of a way like I wouldn't be able to answer a question like that today because I just can't connect or resonate those things together yeah yeah there's a very there's a very clear difference um for me between the higher self as a form of like almost like self-flagellation you know like Mm -hmm. as like this version of you is doing very poorly at life so therefore (laughs) how would your highest version of yourself how would that version navigate life and emulate that do do all of those things that that version of you would do and therefore you'll be better there's a a big difference between that and I think what you're talking about which is um no you explain tell me tell me where you're where it's moved to now can you even give it any more description or any difference between that yeah yeah thank you um yeah I think so and I really I really agree with what you just said like it was definitely before coming from a place for me of like this here now is not enough and a seeker type energy you know a seeker level of consciousness that I was operating out of being like there's something out there that's better than what's here now what's Mm what's here now and who I am and who I'm expressing as now is um, somehow defective not enough could be better like any kind of um, anything like that was just very very present so it makes sense totally so thank you for bringing that in and to answer your question now what it feels like when I say it's beyond a mental construct it's because the part of me that feels like the true highest self and I'm not even sure that language really is the right language but we'll just stick with it for now maybe we can explore the language of it in a a bit but um it feels beyond words it feels beyond language because anything that's language anything that's like words in my mind is like story and thoughts and all of that feels like the mind you know like those words come from the mind that's the realm that they exist upon and and so it's mind right anything that's a mental construct is mind no matter how beautiful it is right there's nothing wrong with the mind the mind is incredible the mind look at the human mind and what it's achieved in the world like it's amazing what it can do it's just that it could never be the higher self because it can only exist within its mental construct it you know language can only exist within that realm so I hope this is making sense but (laughs) um it feels beyond that it feels like you probably couldn't describe it and so I guess it really feels um like not that not that it's kind of I don't really have a that for it I just have a not that for it right now and maybe that will maybe it will develop but it can't be a story right like it for me it feels like it can't be a story it can't be like 
And so then we're into the realm of no language. Mm -hmm. And so then, okay, I can say like, well, maybe it's in the realm of feeling, maybe it's in the realm of emotion, but that doesn't feel right either. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, it has to be on a different plane to those things. Mm, Yeah. I, I am intrigued by this thread of language because mm. I know we've spoken about when we were talking about um, the what is spirituality question, yeah. your exploration of self and understanding of the I, um, you know, has shifted as you were, as you've explored spirituality and what it means to you. Mm. Um, so is there can there be a higher self therefore if there if any association with self leads you deeper into an I mindset into Mm -hmm. um into that being the way that you see not only yourself but the world in like pockets of eyes um is is self the right language for it yeah I I think it's a a good place to be going with this because it almost feels like if it's not described in language if it's not described in story or narrative um you know it's not real in that way that we that we see things as real (laughs) um yeah this is this is so hard to talk about but it can't be something we describe if when if it's beyond language because that mm. those two things cancel each other out so it does feel like it it must be that shining light of consciousness that enlivens all things and i've really it's been interesting to follow this thread of um self and what is the self and what is I and all of that and go down that path more because it's been really beautiful for me to to see some things there and I I was listening to a podcast this week where the person had gone really deep into non-dual practices and had really suffered greatly as a result of completely getting rid of any sense of self like she Mm. had totally abandoned this idea of having a personal individual part of her and went really deep into this no self route which I've seen some teachers in non-duality talk about that that's never felt right for me the times I think I've mentioned to you before like early on that journey of research I delved in a little bit to that way of describing it and um, ended up feeling like really ungrounded really mentally unstable really unwell Um, and so I you know very much pulled back out of those spaces like pretty quickly but from what I understand she she carried on and she followed that path down um, and and felt really not well by the end of it and I can really understand that because I think that that is a a core misunderstanding um, in this is like what I'm believing this to be is not not that there's no self at all 
but that it's not the it's not what we think it is it's not the voice in our head it's not the language um so I guess what I'm saying is and what my understanding at this point is is that the highest self is um is who we each really are and we just mm. and we just think that we're this other thing we think we're the I that chats away in our heads but when we disidentify with that what are we left with we're left with what you could call the higher self interesting yeah I love that I because th- there is there is something very um very scary to me about um complete disassociation from from the self um and I yeah. think that that and and I don't think it creates a world where where we're all working you know in theory it would it creates a world where we're all interconnected and everyone's beautifully supporting each other and and we're all part of something greater but when you lose yourself you lose your purpose within that um and I think that that's scary to me to have uh, an entire community of unselfed people (laughs) it's like okay well if that's where's the the individuality or the um you know any of those things that are beautiful about us as humans and so I think that's a really beautiful way of explaining it that there um that there would you say that this higher self then is like a an attainable version or when we think about um so when I think about like the the core consciousness of of us you know that kind of the being beneath everything that kind of conditions us on top and all of the chatter of the mind um it's not necessarily something that for many people oh I would probably say most people is something that is achievable a hundred percent of the time um yeah I think um and this is just my own personal belief that the mind is is there will always be there within our current human kind of evolutionary state um so would you say that the higher self in as we're exploring it in this very um very fresh way would you say that that is an attainable version of us within like with the mind included yeah so I don't necessarily see it as either attainable or unattainable because I almost see it as there anyway like exists regardless of whether we're conscious of it so maybe yeah so it's a really hard one isn't it because I see what you're asking and also find it really hard to answer because it's it's almost like the image that's coming into my mind is like if someone was holding a a torch or a flashlight for our American friends um and it was shining this light onto just a white blank background it's almost like you could put different like slides with all beautiful cut out images and um, you know like templates like you could put different templates over that light and I and I kind of see it as we are both 
the light of the flashlight and our individual template pattern that we uniquely express into the world mm. and so they like they only exist together if you just have the template you don't have anything if you just have the light you don't have anything right you have to have them both together to see what's there and so I really I guess what I'm hearing you say is like is it attainable to not have the template and just have the flashlight and it's like mm -hmm. I think it is but why would we want that like yeah. surely we want the beauty like we want the beauty of like all of these different expressions like everyone's templates totally different every pattern each person makes when the light of consciousness shines through them is unique and that feels really beautiful to me and so I think what this woman had done is like she totally like ripped up her template and was like I'm just consciousness I'm just the light um but within that like you lose everyone else's templates you lose seeing all of that diversity and all of that intricacy I think what the key feels like for me is realizing that I'm not just the template like I'm not because before when you're just fully identified with the mind and like the voice in your head is I and that's who you think you are like you're not seeing the light right like you're not seeing that you wouldn't exist without that light of consciousness shining through you so in terms of attainability I think I think everyone has the capacity to zoom out from their template and see that there's a light shining through mm. that makes it possible for them to express themselves in the world and that when they can see that they're both it it opens up something greater mm, yes yes I get that and I guess then that the kind of the highest self is not a mental construct it's kind of as though um is putting a higher self as the pattern and mm, it's putting yeah. it like as the um as almost like a as an expression um and instead it's saying you have there's a pattern um and higher self would be the light correct yeah 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 absolutely and so yes and so at the times where I've had my higher self as a mental construct I've been just cutting out a little higher self shaped pattern in my template and being like that's it that's what I'm aiming for <laughs> yeah. yeah is it um to me that sounds like it's like that continuation of like a purist mindset like a perfection um like you've got to be good you've got to be yeah. like it's just another it's just another sneaky way of having to do everything right and yeah. is your higher self always right in that in that thinking in terms of the light I guess there's no right or wrong yeah like that yeah. that's results away yeah um and yeah <laughs> the, same, the same thing kind of sneaks in doesn't it it's the, yeah. it sneaks in like that the higher self is a um is the purest version it's yeah still, yeah 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 so absolutely so in the in the template version of the higher self definitely I mean that self can be 
so many different things to so many people that self could be right that self could be wrong that self could be evil it could be pure like it it because it could be anything and like there's some beauty in that right but yeah if we think of the real high self as being the light and that being the same light that shines through everyone right there's only one light here's where the oneness comes in here's where the unity consciousness comes in which I think is so lovely to so lovely to have both like so lovely to say yeah we are one and yet we're all totally unique expressions um that this oneness is shining through like that just it feels so good to me and Mm. it takes off a lot of pressure because I feel like oh I don't have to become that higher self like that is constantly it's like the sun it never goes away like even if it seems like it goes away it's still there it's continually burning continually shining infinitely and there's nothing I have to do to make that happen so Mm. it takes so much pressure off to become your higher self and this is where the seeker energy drops away because it's like I don't have to do anything for my higher self to be here it's here all the time yeah yeah how does that affect um like the way if we take kind of living with the higher self as a seeker from the seeker Mm -hmm. energy with like a purpose of a of becoming the higher self and then compare that to to what we're talking about here how does that affect the way that almost like you live you know how does that affect the way that you operate day to day with other people um because the energy of it feels very different yeah and I I guess what it does for me is it it, dropping the seeker energy was such a huge like Thing and it, it creeps back in sometimes because it has a little cutout on my template right there's a little cutout that's like I'm a seeker so it's there and but when I am able to you know chopped so much of it and it, it just creeps back in sometimes in little moments but being in that in comparison to being out of it feels very stressful and I didn't it was like I didn't I couldn't have even told you that it was stressful from within it because it just felt like there was no other option it felt like the other option to not be a seeker would be you know it it's like saying oh in my template there's something that says I'm a seeker well to replace that with not a seeker feels awful that just feels like I'm lazy it feels like I'm um not open or you know there's all these connotations for me so if I play with it at that level both feel stressful whereas if I'm um, able to totally come out of that then there is just a calmness about life there's um, an acceptance there's greater presence there's a lot less pressure in my um, physical being in my emotional self in my mental self um, and it's not to say that like life becomes perfect or like anything like that or I reach that um goal because there there becomes no goal like there becomes the goal is just to notice the beauty of that light shining through all of its different um 
cutouts on the template and then from there that's it's like I can actually appreciate life and mm. and stop trying to change it right when you stop trying to change the template or when no that's not it right because like from this place you can then look at the template and be like well, there's some stuff on that template that's really not serving me or the world right like you can see from this separate point but because you're no longer saying that's me you're no longer being like I'm bad I'm rubbish I need to change you're just being like oh there's some some stuff in that template that isn't really serving me and isn't serving the world and it doesn't feel right anymore so it's like a lot more measured a lot more um, calmer approach to change and transformation Mm, yes I love that and I think that's so the first step for me in change is always compassion yeah before we do anything at all um whether it's the tiniest thing on a coaching call with one of my clients or whether it's like a larger process of change Mm. the first thing that I always ask is can we bring in some compassion for this part of you that has existed up until this point yeah and I think that's exactly the same because when we step back into that higher self into that light consciousness there is only compassion there's no there's no drama there's no guilt there's no blame um it's just oh I see that I see that and with that comes I can appreciate that that was the only option for me up until this point yeah beautiful and isn't it interesting how the language there of I see that is like we can only see when there's light yeah and and so it sounds to me like what you're saying is um you know without even like having this example or or knowing like maybe why or whatever like it just or maybe you have your own reasons of why but Mm -hmm. in this example we're talking about it's like you're being like let's see the template right let's see the light and look at the template instead of being the template and looking for something within it um so I love that yeah yeah, and I think that's such a key um, element if we kind of pull back on the language side as well. You know, mm-hmm. all of these expressions are found in a multitude of different religions and different um, in different parts of the world, in different thinking. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of reminded back of when we've been talking about human design and those kinds of things. Like, it's not to say that one particular expression is wrong is incorrect it's just that one expression can't be the only right option because every um, different flavor of language every different expression of um this undescribable thing um is just like the it's just the way that we have to use language in order to talk about it. And some people talk about it in Buddhist terms or some people talk about it, you know, in, um, in spiritual terms and human design or whatever it is, but it all kind of, or just, as I said, as you know, I'm very um, physical in the way that I think I love, like it's all based in um, how 
how we work in the world, how our human bodies are processing everything. Um, and so for me, it makes sense to bring it back to an emotion because um, that's the way that I I see it. So I think that's it's all it's all talking about the same thing. Yeah, it is. And I think that that gives it validity. You know, I feel like some people could be like, well, there's all these different things. So how can one be right? And it's like, there's the thread, like the reason that all of these different systems, ways of thinking about this, religions, processes, all of that, the reason they all exist is because innately as humans we are aware of this on some level like it's in our consciousness we are you know even people who never think about things like this even people who are not on these paths have a sense that there's something going on like that like you know they wouldn't use these terms they wouldn't probably be able to describe it like this but um and I think that just shows that this is a um a valid experience that many people have that everyone has really but the fact that it's talked about the fact that it comes up in these different ways is like yeah but how could it not because it's the root and the the root of our experience here Mm, yeah exactly exactly I think that's and it helps to you know, there was a time when I was very confused, was very much like, well, how can what I'm thinking be right if Emma's thinking this thing? Or how can what, yeah. how can, like, is human design true? You know, yeah. what's like, what's the right answer? And I've kind of, like, I have reached that point now where it's not that it doesn't matter, it's that it all matters it's that it's it's all there's an element of truth in in everything and there's um and that doesn't discount any of them no no I think there are some things that could probably be you know factually proved as incorrect I Hmm. I don't believe the the earth is flat and you know all of the (laughs) all of the things that kind of evolve from that way of thinking but um but like there there is a there's an understanding now that uh I'm not wrong you know Mm -hmm. just because somebody else has a different expression of this this same thing yeah and isn't that beautiful right because it's being like you could never be wrong because if you were right it would mean that if there was only one version of right, it would mean that everyone's template in front of that torch would have to look the same. Yeah. Like, so it's like, oh no, there can be so many versions of the truth that there isn't really like one ultimate truth that we can speak in words. Mm -hmm. Like, I think there is a, you know, that light that is unspeakable is a universal thing um but yeah the the myriad of different ways people talk about it is is beautiful and and I happen to favor ones that help me that point me from within the template to stop looking at the template and turn around and see like oh there's a bigger light there shining through this template like you know um 
but it doesn't matter it doesn't really matter I mean I think for me like with human design I I got stuck in being like I got stuck in the template of it and I think it definitely does have the potential as a system you know because it was part of this journey for me of seeing you know seeing conditioning is like seeing the template right so like Mm -hmm. It is. It was definitely like a fundamental part of this journey for me, and I think that's another thing that feels really important to me. Is like, it's okay to take a system for a little while, take a religion for a little while, take a body of work for a little while, learn what you have from it, and not have to continue once you're complete with that. Like, yeah. it's okay to disregard because I think people start to feel like it's not okay. Like they have mm. to keep focusing on something and I've never been the kind of person that forces myself to finish books I probably I have hundreds of unfinished books because I have I've taken what I needed from it and I'm not going to force myself like with my precious limited time to keep going back to something that is done and and so I guess I guess that's what this gives me in my life as well like it's a big permission slip to um have that template just be whatever it is in each moment and have it change all the time and different cutouts and I'm thinking about you know when you're a kid and you would fold up a piece of paper and you'd cut all different shapes in it and open it out and it would make like a a snowflake um I'm thinking of those and thinking what my life feels like now is now I'm not identified with that I can keep I can keep folding it back in and cut different shapes into it and open it out and be like, ah, oh, that's that. Oh, let's fold it back down and do this because I'm not it. So I'm not as attached to it staying the same. I'm not as attached to it being exactly how I expect it to be. We're trying to control how it comes out. And I think that's quite a good analogy with those snowflake papers because you can't control how they're going to look at the end. Um, yeah. You kind of just have to you trust. Only, you only see the the part you only see a quarter of it or an eighth or whatever it is after you've folded it you only see that tiny part yeah exactly so you can't control what it's going to be and like that just feels fun to me to be like the light the light of consciousness is 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 not something I have to fight for it's not something I have to create it's not something I have to become it just is already Mm, yeah yeah I love that I love that and um is there I had a thought then and then it disappeared from my mind um, <laughs> um, oh yeah what's the um I'm curious what is the um are you willing to to kind of talk about what is the the process or the kind of situational um states or you mentioned right at the beginning that you were kind of moving through different things this week and that kind of and then this this thought landed Mm. what do you think is useful in order to open up to this these type of drop-ins you know those kind of Mm. things what was helpful for you this week in receiving this thought Well, I think that when I was listening to the podcast that I'd mentioned earlier with the lady who um, 
had had that experience and maybe I should mention what that podcast actually was in case anyone wants to listen it is Tim Freak which is actually spelled F-R-E-K-E maybe we'll put it in the show notes um and he's interviewing a lady whose name is escaping me right now but we'll put it in the notes under and I think listening to that right because it was titled there's two parts to it I've only listened to part one so far but it's titled something like um uh what's the problem with non-duality or something like that it was like asking a question of like is this really helpful and was that from a place of someone who is um like who is teaching within non-duality or from a place of someone who is criticizing it um a bit of both so they've both been on their journeys sort of through that spiritual path tim definitely talks about this kind of stuff i don't think he would say he's a non-dual teacher or anything like that but he is someone who is in that field and the woman um is a student of that of of non-duality who went obviously very deep in and now she works with people who experience what she experienced with that yeah so she she I guess you could say is a critic of certain realms of thought within the non-dual space and she particularly speaks of neo-advaita which I haven't gone too deep into but there is like there's many different threads within the non-dual space so um people who have like deep understanding of it and like various experiences and you know I'm someone who is on a on a non-dual path or who's someone who is like been so amazed by the learning and the depth of understanding that has come through being on that path and learning in these ways um and so I think for me those drop-ins of inspiration come when you're willing to not hold tight to put to mental positionalities yeah because if I was someone who was like this is the path this is the only path this is the truth this is the ultimate truth and everyone else is wrong about this like I wouldn't listen to a podcast called what's the problem with this system <laughs> like, you know yeah. <laughs> to be nothing, listening nothing is the problem with my system. yeah, yeah. <laughs> just be like really triggered really and that would you know would be so identified as a non-dual person like you know so I think dropping identification actually helps those ideas come in because you're a lot more open you're a lot yeah. more open to anything coming into your space you're not fixated on your template that's your template that's precious that no one else is allowed to influence or make you see differently so yeah so interestingly I do think that I'm a lot more inspired and a lot more connected to those insights and downloads and wisdom that is outside of me somehow um when I'm less identified with my mental constructs yeah yeah I love that I I heard Richard Osman say on a podcast that 
hear to him creativity is having all of these clouds <laughs> in your brain um yeah. and occasionally two clouds will combine together and create a spark and that that's mm. the moment of um of creativity of inspiration mm -hmm. and therefore your only job as a creative person or someone who wants to have flashes of inspiration is to just increase the number of clouds that you have moving around in your head at any one point um whether that is through as you're saying through just opening up to different frames of thought um whether it's through changing your environment your space the the routine of your your day um just to give yourself opportunity for the clouds to collide in different ways and i i think that's um that's really important when we when we restrict ourselves to one cloud to one shape of one cloud expressed in one particular way we're we're limiting how um how we can be inspired how the new creator how the new creative thought can enter our mind yeah I love that it reminds me of something that my beloved Michael Singer says <laughs> he, uh, he's like such a grandparent vibe for me I love it um he <laughs> it's like my favorite people to listen to are, are much older people I just mm. love it and 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 here's the reason right he says if if you've seen a snake you're greater you're a greater being than someone who hasn't seen a snake right mm. he's not and he's not saying you're better than them saying you're a greater being greater as in like larger I guess like your template perhaps has got larger there is more possibility for light to shine through your template because you're greater so mm. I just I love that and it kind of sounds like what you know what you're saying there of like how do we allow more clouds in? How do we allow more to interact? And um, yeah. and so, you know, with that, it kind of makes sense that I would really love to listen to people who are a lot older because likely they are greater beings in that sense than younger people because they have seen more, they've experienced so much more. So um, yeah. I love that. Yeah, and it, that's such a, it's such a um, danger in our society, isn't it? The way that, as you get older you're almost like cast aside or put mm. it put in a little box that's like oh you're past it um I yeah. even feel that creeping in now like 34 <laughs> and looking at younger like gen z type people coming in and being like so different and so um you know bringing there's a there's a need for freshness and I think that's beautiful mm. and then at the same time there's like there's still relevance there's still relevance as you get older and as you accumulate more life and more knowledge there's so many more clouds that you can have there's so many more life experiences that you have available to collide in response to any other given situation um and so discarding our worth as we age is dangerous yeah oh absolutely and you know for me like it 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 does that for me of being like yeah I'm there's value as I age and it increases with age if anything but also this feeling of like um it only does that if you continue as you age to go and have new experiences right the, yeah. the problem that happens is that a lot of people get reach middle age or reach 
their 60s and they're so stuck on their template right like their template is so familiar to them it's become a comfort blanket and there's no space for it to grow so I think it helps me to see like I still want to be learning when I'm in my 70s I still want to be experiencing new things and trying new foods and you know I remember my my grandparents like they didn't want to try um Indian food like we had an Indian takeaway and my granddad ordered chicken and chips off the menu I'm like granddad what are you doing like have some curry um yeah so we do see that don't we and people as they get older they become less open to experience so I think it helps right. me realize that like you become that great being you become that incredibly valuable member of society by the the experiences you have which means that and that kind of in a way um softens the fear of death for me a little bit because then I think like it's not about how long you live it's about how wide you live right like it's about how big you live yes yes I I can appreciate that um we're we're playing on one of my fundamental yeah. triggers here. so, so I'm immediately I'm immediate, right, yeah. no, no problem but immediately I'm like oh no still like, there's, still, there's still a time limit on, on width of life Emma <laughs> oh yeah I, it's so complex a smidge it doesn't totally yeah yeah yeah, but I do I do completely understand what you mean where it's like it doesn't it doesn't really make any difference the length of life if you are Mm -hmm. only living within your your pattern parameters um because you could basically live 20 years exactly the same so what was the point although it sounds very harsh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, obviously it's very painful and scary and awful when someone dies even if they've had exactly the same 20 years but yeah yeah, it's it's a different way of living yeah yeah it inspires the way that I want to interact with this world this um these patterns that appear um Mm. you know because I'm almost even thinking like I'm looking up at my window and there's a big oak tree in the garden and it's beautiful right now because all the leaves are orange and um and like even even that right even that tree is the pattern of a tree held in front of that light like Mm. if we if we take it to that extreme then if you just look around you now um imagine if everything that you can see is is that is a is a pattern of that the light and it's just and then and then life's beautiful right the mundane becomes beautiful mm-hmm. yeah absolutely I had a moment yesterday walking down the lane to my house and the same tree that has been there for the last month and a half that I've lived here was there and yeah I saw it differently I saw it <laughs> shaped differently yeah. I was like, I suddenly realized that I was walking beneath the boughs of this enormous tree. And I was like, oh my God, that's so beautiful. So beautiful. Um, and then obviously you you return to, to life and the moment it passes, but it's, yeah, I love those little, little moments. The, the amazing thing about that story 
and like obviously the experience itself is incredible but that is actually a zen story there is a zen story where a student goes to his zen master um, and every day he walks across this um, courtyard to get to the zen master to receive his teaching and one of the he walks past this tree in the courtyard every single day for years and then one day he goes to his and says I get it I've got it and Ross was like what and he said I saw it he's like what did you see and he said I saw just tree yeah and he and the the idea behind it is exactly what you said that he saw it differently he felt it yeah. in a new way so there you go Alex you're a uh, you're on the zen path <laughs> I love it I love the zen path how's that feeling for you is there anything anything more that you feel needs to be said there no I think that feels like a beautiful natural completion for me how about you I feel the same all right well thank you so much and I will see you next time Thank you.